Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined by Sean McGuigan. Hello there. And Craig G. Telfer. How's it going? It's a Lower League special! Yes! yes. When was the last time the three of us were on a podcast together? Oh, a very long time ago. Start of the season maybe? No, uh, it was Joel. It was Joel with, uh, he was like the substitute teacher. I think I made the joke, you're not my real dad. Yes, yes you did. Uh, did us. we do one before the season started? I, I think we did a preview that all three of us might have been on. And then it was Joel, I think, was it August, September time? It could well have been. You know what? It, it, it doesn't matter. This is the, the Hulk Hogan, the Kevin Nash and the Scott Hall of uh, podcasting. We are, we're back. The NWO, the new world order of professional podcasting, brother. I, uh, I was hoping I was going to be the Hulk Hogan of that. As no, it was, it's only, it was only See, one had, of the three that I We knew. had this conversation before. That I was, was like, how am I Hulk Hogan? How am I the oldest one? You're the most problematic. I don't know what <laughs> Again, I think that would be Scott Hall. Uh, Scott Hall's the most problematic, and he's drunk a lot of the time. I think that fits me perfectly. Uh, I, Sean's Hulk Hogan, the oldest. You could be big sexy. I, I would be Kevin Nash regardless. Sean was Scott Hall. You're Hulk Hogan, because I think some of the things you say uh, off the record... <laughs> Uh, yeah. bit spicy. I don't know who Scott Hall is. So I don't know if that's. Oh, Razor Ramon. You played Razor Ramon. Oh, I, I know Razor Ramon. Cool. He's cool. Oh, yeah. He's cool. Aye. Good looking boy. Aye. <laughs> Why didn't you say Razor Ramon? Because I mean, he, he was a WWF character where Scott Hall basically played himself. Listen, it doesn't, doesn't matter what, or how many minutes into it. We're not here to talk about. Um, not talk wrestling. We're here to talk about. I've been looking forward to this. We're here to talk about Scottish Lower League football. Yes, and the best of Scottish Lower League football. Over the past decade that we can remember, yes, uh, we started a, with a document that went on the go on Tuesday, passed it over to one another on the Wednesday. So it's by all means not inclusive. We tried to mention every single club 
There's some teams who have just nothing interesting has happened to them over the past 10 years. Uh, still in Albion. Uh, they well no, no I, will get, I think we'll get to one of them. Oh, I might actually get to one of them. It's I. Oh, you might you okay. might have thought the same thing of me. For yeah. Bit. Okay. Know. Okay. Okay. Well, well then, um, and an athletic. Uh, yeah. Let it be Hamilton. Oh yeah, that was quite a funny. Actually, they actually pumped Hamilton. I appreciate it's not really getting the best league like, moments of the decade, but still, that's. that's okay. say, have they done anything? They uh, oh, they, they sold too many tickets for a oh. Rangers game oh, once yeah. they got it postponed. Yeah. Which is which is not on this list. It's just a cut to me. Yeah. But anyway, listen, let's, uh, we'll, we'll go from, like, I, when I put this together, put the document together, I tried to go, I've put it in sort of a sync to you. Yeah. It's in chronological order. So we'll start from 2010, although we don't have anything from 2010. <laughs> uh, we'll start, sort of, like, right as far back as we can, and we'll go all the way to stuff that's happened, uh, presume this season, I've ah, got stuff for this season in there. So it's going to be, we've got high hopes for this. Yes. And uh, we're basically going to go through all this. I've even got a couple more bits after if we need any more. But, so this is going to be the main podcast. We're going to run for 45 minutes an hour and then we're going to do the Patreon so if we don't get through it all we'll then go into Patreon so that's patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast to hear the rest I think we might need two Patreons for this so at least uh, we're getting them in the bank we'll just get a bumper one exactly a bumper but listen it's Christmas exactly we'll give the people what a gift what they asked Santa for which would presumably a longer Terrace Podcast imagine that imagine that you get your Christmas your your, your girlfriend or boyfriend buys you a $2 Terrace Podcast subscription and be like fucking hell you might as well just take $2 out of your back pocket and stuck it in a drain (laughs) nevertheless it doesn't mean it's not going to be good fun right so we begin in 2011 Albion Rovers midfielder Stevie Cannon trick teammates sorry tricks teammate Simon Marriott into believing he had a call-up for the Scotland under-21 side. Now, I think this is the only thing on the entire list that I have no idea about. I only stumbled over it a couple of weeks ago, and it's very good. I, this is probably the most obscure thing on the whole list, but it's actually one of the funniest. And it, it goes back to uh, Stevie Canning. He uh, was a relatively well-known name in the lower leagues. So had a successful time at Queen's Park in, in Brecon City mm-hmm. and then Albion Rovers before retiring. Now... Albion Rose signed a young guy called Simon Marriott from amateur football and he was he was a lower league jobber, you know. He was he was in a, he was a young guy, about 19, 20, a lower league, lower league jobber, he was never going to make a name for himself in the game. He was just fit and hard working. You know, you see these guys, these guys are ten a penny. And one night Stevie Cannon was in the house and he was texting him, uh, telling him, bamming him up, saying how good a player he was. Then on his work phone, he pretended to be Des McEwen for the Sun, saying that um, we've heard really good things about you, we want to see if we can get you a call-up for the Scotland squad. So he's sending messages for one phone, Simon Marriott is telling Stevie Cannon, so proper phone. <laughs> By the way, that's Des McEwen just been in touch with me, what should I say to him? And so Stevie Cannon's playing him off one another. So anyway, it builds here for that, and he t- um, it got to the stage where uh, Stevie Cannon said to Paul Martin, that will be Rovers manager, said, listen, we're bamming up Simon Marriott. Can, can you can you play along with it so so we can really tr- trick him into thinking he's got a chance on the twenty ones? So Paul Marriott took uh, sorry Paul Martin took Simon to one side and said, "Listen, you just keep your head down, do what you're doing. I'm loving what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you keep working hard. You keep working hard, son. You're going to get a call from the twenty ones." So his work phone, Stevie Cannon said, "Listen, we're going to do a, a, like a sort of a, a double page spread for you in the sun. <laughs> we'll meet you at the the Tesco's in Coat Bridge." 
So there was Simon Marriott there sitting with his Albion Rovers tracks on the TV can and all the other boys walked in this minging old Scotland strip just to let him know they'd been absolutely bamming him up. And it's filmed, you can find it on YouTube, it's very, very funny. Uh, perhaps uh, one of the funniest things was that uh, Simon Marriott's mum was waiting in the car <laughs> waiting outside for her boy. Uh, and it turned out to be uh, an absolute piece of nonsense. But it's uh, a very funny story. And uh, yeah, needless to say, Simon Marriott was not caught up to the Scotland on the 21s and Christ knows what he's doing with himself now. All the best. Probably working in that Tesco. <laughs> right, next up, 2011 still. Sammy the Tammy. You've written blows up, but uh, basically, Sam of the time he unleashes guns down, machine, like, unle- machine unleash- gunfire, unleashes hell on the uh, race over support in the Fife Derby at East End Park. Even, even just think about this today. I'm like, imagine a Fife Derby, a league decider, and how it starts as or how it almost starts as <laughs> a gigantic bear emerges from the tunnel and a cardboard tank and starts machine gunning there. That's, that's, that's so it's well just an incredible way to start. I, from the far side, I thought it was a Dalek because I think Doctor Who had just started recently as well. And I'm like, it seems to be going with a Dalek theme for the start. That's I'm very surprised. It was only when I got closer I realised it was a. Uh, a poorly constructed cardboard tank. Did you realise that before or after the machine gun fire came over the tannery? That that mostly confirmed that it was a cardboard <laughs> tank and he was uh, he was machine gunning us. Most people took it in in good humour. Not not everybody did. Uh, was uh, was it an MP complained or seriously? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was an MP, and I'm I'm sure there was. There's certainly yeah. complaints to the authorities anyway. It's just like fuck's sake. You no, know, so there wouldn't have been any complaints if Raythrowers had won that day. It was just people pissed off because they got beat. Right. So was that the, the game where uh, John McGlynn swapped the goalkeepers around? Uh, well, Andy McNeil had been getting a run for a while in place right. of, of David McGurn. It was funny actually because so McNeil had had a, a terrible first half. He looked an absolute bag of nerves. And I'd said, you know something, I'd actually substitute him at half time because he's playing so poorly. He came in the second half and he'd actually changed his goalkeeper top. I think Andy McNeil was quite a superstitious goalkeeper. I'm sure I've read that before. So after the game... I was in, for him for no, his career. After the game, I was in this... And uh, I had a film pub afterwards. A few Rafe Rose fans here. And I was talking about... Oh, McNeil was terrible today. He goes, well, I did care about that. David McGunn come on at half-time and he didn't have a good It was him that used to do the twoggles. And I'm like, no, that was Andy McNeil was second half. He just had a different top. Was that fuck? Was that fuck? <laughs> It was Andy McNeil the whole night minutes. But Sammy the Tammy, although he's sort of been neutered uh, over the last sort of, sort of five or six years, there was a time when, when he was proper proper box office. He was like the, the John Lydon of uh, of mascots. The sledge down the stairs during a game was extraordinary. If it hit anybody, they killed him. He would yeah. absolutely have wiped them out. The pissy brown shoes. Yeah. So it was the guy, the boxes. Mm-hmm. Wearing the brown boxes on his feet. There's one where he is getting his. Percy head- Brown shoes could have made it to this that uh, that video that was made by would have been the Fellman fans, wasn't it? Could have been uh, about the fans. He's a very unpopular man, <laughs> yes. Stephen Presley. Which the video finished with somebody putting shoes, pair of brown shoes, in a toilet and pissing on them. <laughs> there's loads of kind of out of context uh, Sammy the Tammy moments as well because there's a picture I'm meeting Les Battersby. I don't know what that is about. Uh, there's a picture I'm getting his head kicked in by a giant swan. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Just a brilliant mascot. I get like sort of, uh, I'm getting massive uh, Power Rangers vibes <laughs> off that. You know when they sort of become me- they become Megazord. Remember Rita would blow them up, and the Power Rangers have to sort of necessitate all join together become the Megazord. That's the only way to defeat Sammy the Tammy or complain to your local councillor. <laughs> one of the one of the two. Right, next up we've got Rangers Lower League Adventure. Now this could go on for days, so we've limited it to two 
suggestions each. Okay. I'll go first. Um, the, the first one, the, the, there's when Rangers four years in the lower leagues, there was sort of there, there's games that stick out. You know, there's games like the Wraith Rovers in the Challenge Cup, um, the, the match against Stirling Albion, for instance, I don't know if we're going to talk about that. However, for, for me, the definitive game of Rangers eventually in the lower leagues was their Challenge Cup semi-final tie against Alwa Athletic um, on the 3rd of December 2014. Rangers took a two-goal lead into about 60, just, just after the hour mark, through I, Kenny Miller and Dean Shields. I switched over at that point. Aye, because you think that uh, this is... Over. A, I was working at the Daily Record at the time, so I was covering it. I would have done the same. And then, like, sort of, a couple of minutes later, Greg Spence pulls one back in an extremely Martin Tyler voice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, Ryan McCord pulls one back two minutes later, and you're thinking, "My goodness, this is this is this is a good alloy. This is this is, a, this is Rangers. This is the season they finished in the eye. They got they got thumped off Motherwell in the the playoffs. So on paper, you know, a, a team that's far less than some of the parts, but you think you're not going to chuck a two goal lead away at uh, the you know alloy. And then in, in the last minute, the, uh, proper fever pitch. They're watching this. You're so excited. You're getting right sucked into the game. And then Mark Doherty takes the ball down the left and chucks a ball in. And Greg Spence is there to finish to to win the game for Alwa. Just remarkable stuff, and it just it just summed up how bad a side Rangers were at that point under Ali McCoy. The highlight of that was Kenny Miller walking off the pitch oh, with great. a, a face. His head. Yeah, and he, he had a kind of look on his face. It was kind of like you were like if you, you go to an acting class and say like give me a give me a distraught <laughs> anguished face. It was like, it's like like kind of like the sad clown paintings kind of thing. That's what the kind of expression. Miller was one of those few players for Rangers, sort of quote unquote banter years, who sort of emerges with any credit because I think while Rangers were really really poor at that point, he was such a professional that, that he was able to to keep his own standards very high. But that was that was an extraordinary. I mean, there's that many that many games, but for me, that's the one that, that, that sticks. Was that up. the game where Kenny Miller was interviewed afterwards, and then Rio Ferdinand tweeted slagging off his fake tan but then had to tweet an apology because he didn't realise he had a skin condition it's Kenny Miller got a skin condition thanks so I yeah yeah he's, uh, that's why because I it was real Fernand had questioned why his because he obviously shaves his head why his forehead was a different colour to the top of his head right. a darker colour to the top of his head right that was why I think I then and we all had to apologise. It yeah. was quite I, actually I wish I'd picked that instead of this match actually funnier than this game if you if you distill Greg Spence's career down when he eventually retires, he's obviously retired from scoring any goals now. But when he eventually retires from playing football, his career will be that Alloa game against Rangers and the Ramsons Cup final yeah. against uh, Rangers, where he he hit the initial shot that, that John Baird uh-huh. put in, which would probably be one of my moments only because obviously it meant so much mm. to me. And it, it, there's, there's loads of good pictures for the the kind of banter. You see the picture where there was maybe three Rangers on the bench, dejected yeah, on, the, on the bench. A brilliant picture. Uh, they'd like a, a chef kissing his fingers. Yeah. That's, uh, they, they really they really struggled in the, the Challenge Cup. Uh, I can't remember who was it put them out in 2012. Was it Queen of the South? Beat my Brox, yeah, penalties, yeah, yeah. Queen's beat my and then they had the turmoil against uh, Alloa Athletic. The, sorry, the, then it was against um, Wraith Rovers, then Alloa Athletic, and then finally, the fourth time of asking, they beat Peterhead. So well done. I was there handing that day, forty thousand supporters for a Challenge Cup final. Yeah, fair play, you know. Ah, I mean, James Tavernier scored one of the best goals I've ever seen. It was incredible. That's bold. Is that one of your favourite moments of the band? Have <laughs> No, uh, it was a volley of outside the box. I mean, that's pretty good. I'd probably turned off at 2-0. <laughs> that was the fact that was over. <laughs> 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 no, no, this is definitely going in. Just, just get in there, just put it back in. I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> yeah, one of my moments uh, is, 
Well, you've picked the Challenge Cup one. Is your other one Wraith related or not? Uh, no. Right, okay. So my one is losing to Wraith in the Scottish Cup oh, at Ibrox oh, yeah. in front of about, what was it, 10,000 supporters? Uh, there was not a lot of people there. That, that was when they were going through the let's take five guys off a of Newcastle phase. Yes. Not oh, playing in In fact, yeah, one of them played and it was his only game. I've completely forgotten. Uh, Remy Street, Remy was it not? Street. Yep. One of the guys didn't even play at all. What was it? Uh, I think, was it not? Two of them didn't play at all. Um, and Babu. Didn't play at all. He's turned it all right though, hasn't uh, he's he? He's turned it decent. He's a decent player. He's, he's playing for his Basel he's playing for now. Something like that. And uh, Gail Bigger Man didn't play. He basically had an illness and right. when he turned up. And Hannes Fritsch was good though, Fritsch wasn't was he? Fritsch yeah. was good, that, but yes. quite slow. So I think some Rangers fans didn't think he was really that good. Uh, he was just good for the Championship in Scotland. I don't think he'd get in the Rangers team now, for instance. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was just... I mean, Christian Addy's going to go at Ibrox to... Ryan Conroy's, uh, Ryan Conroy's good. Oh, no, Ryan Conroy is not good at football, but he is absolutely fantastic at set-pieces, as he demonstrated that day. And that really was the nadir of Rangers in the lower leagues because of the crowd. Oh. They might have discontent at the club at that time when they were just wanting Ashley out. And the, things started to turn around not long after that because I think it was only... Was it later that month? Or maybe the month after where Dave King took over? And then... Things got better. I don't know. I think on the pitch, though. Eventually, on the pitch, though, if you're going to pick a match, that 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 there's, it's, I think it's generally it's one of the greatest Scottish matches in the history of Scottish football is the, the games against Motherwell and the the playoffs, the particularly the second one. Uh, what did you have? You had somebody waving a yellow card around. <laughs> You'd Lee McCullough getting hit in the face with a flagpole. But you don't condone that. You don't condone that. So I was, I, it's, it's funny because it's Rangers. Let's be honest. It's funny because like, the Vanguard Bears brought out a statement afterwards saying that the <laughs> assailant was still at alarm. <laughs> you can't be ball punching the ball into his own net. And then, of course, at the end, you've got a, a, one of the most iconic photos of Billy Almogeny <laughs> thumping Lee Irwin right in the jaw on his face. It's just contorting. A, it's a golden period for football photography. That oh, Rangers, uh, Rangers journey. Extraordinary. The other moment I've got is... Tom the commentator uh, calling Sean Higgins an idiot. Yes. I, I, thought, I thought you would have brought that up. No, I, I thought I don't want to keep it. I don't want to try to stay away from Stenny because nothing real interesting has happened to them. But that was that, that. That was good. It's the whole build-up to it where, he, where he's hoping that the referee supervisor's watching. You know, I wonder what his little black book might say. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. Oh, and it's a bit old. I did a podcast with Sean Higgins and asked him say, what, 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 what did you say to him and he said I don't know just, just get it right up here and that was what pushed Tom Miller over there Mr Higgins get a grip of yourself you idiot if you can let breed if you can let breed our apologies that's as bad as the Arsenal goalkeeper I don't know what he's referring to no. um, I don't know if Wojciech Szczesny must have, must have done something and then you get Derek uh, Derek Johnson of all people trying to mitigate in Higgy's defence but oh what a moment because the best thing was Stenis Smear had played there earlier in the season and had lost 8-0 and it was a horrendous day I mean, Forces day Armed forces day Fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> it's, Honestly you've, no, you've never seen You've never seen anything like it it's, You guys abseiling down the Sandy Jordan stand With the football but the, the, Which was just surreal in itself But the, the way this bit was at half time When they'd all these, these squaddies come onto the pitch get, Getting applauded You know fair play But then the, the way the exit They came on the same way And they exited the same way Past the blue order They all jumped in for this massive sash bash so we're about six down at this point and you're just thinking, what on earth is going on? And then to compound the day, Billy Mosney scored an overhead kick and right when the game was still playing, he went behind the goals to hug in with the, with the fans. So it just, just a bizarre day around. So Higgy scored that penalty to, to get a point. Ibrox says uh, some months later, a great moment. I like uh, like Lee McCulloch's mother favouriting pornography on Twitter. That was one of my favourite moments of the, uh, the banter era. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, my, my, my final one is, uh, this is 2015, this is Charles Green's bedside <laughs> interview with Jim White. 
<laughs> there's, there's that many things there's a second pine bovril called the chronicles of the Banthiers and if anyone's listening that hasn't seen it please go and take a look at it because there's so many good things sadly there's there's not a lot of stuff because the Rangers seem to be uh, on an even keel at the yes. moment they're, they're, they're playing well at the moment so particularly on the pitch there's not a lot to talk about but that doesn't take away the, the richness from 2012 to 2016 <clears throat> and Charles Green in hospital just I think he just had an operation where Jim White had like door stops him <laughs> After he's uh, he sold off part, I don't know, was it the naming rights or something? He sold something off to Mike Ashley right. and said that, that him and Derek Lambias have got the best, the club's best interest at heart. Sandy Easdale has got the club's best interest at heart. And there's one point when he's uh, about to, how he talks about how much of himself that he put into the club and he's about to start crying. <laughs> he has to actually take a breath and it's, it's absolutely surreal. It's just, there's so many moments from, from, from that period. I think. What we need is we need a historian, somebody, <clears throat> an impartial historian, not like a Phil Magola Bain or absolute wacko like that. Somebody to, to objectively look back and catalogue exactly what happened at Rangers from the, the administration all the way up to, let's see, when they, probably now, you know. That, that would be a weighty tone. It, it would be, guys. That's we And a funny one. And a funny one. Rangers the Banter Years, volume one of 15. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Billy Brown's meltdown <laughs> after East Fife lost a home to Stenhouse Mere. One of my favourite in football. The, 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 the sad thing is, it doesn't seem to be available now, except is there like maybe a tune played over yeah, it or something? Yeah, there's Braveheart music nah, yeah. behind it. It's, it's a, a, a damn shame. Um, what a damn, Billy Brown was a, a fairly unpopular manager at East Fife, it's fair to say, but they were they were playing Stenhouse Muir. Uh, they, were, they were playing badly against Stenhouse Muir. Scott Buse had scored just before the interval. So the crowd, the crowd were already on Billy Brown's back, but the goal, you know timing the goals and so on you lose a goal two minutes before the end of all folk are furious he was getting pelters as he was walking off and he grabbed the tannoy East Fife's tannoy is not yep. in the wee booth they've got a, a sort of microphone operator who sits on the stand he grabbed that and had a go at the, at the supporters East Fife went on to lose the game uh, 2-1 that's not even Rogers part of this and then after the match he, he gave one of the, the, the best interviews of all time and, and just to summarise he, he's pacing backwards and forwards like, like Phil Mitchell after he's realised someone slighted him he used terms like we're struggling and struggling and so on and, and all we got out there is abuse and, and, and this, these, are, these are all we've got talking about the, the players and I, I, I don't need to say I, I've been places and done things and it, it's remarkable however the funniest thing right he told the players after the match that he'd had enough told the players after the match had enough no coming back you'll never see me again they're on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> they're on Tuesday. Pretend like nothing had ever happened. Right, boys, let's get going. Fucking hilarious. Aye, absolute classic. And it's a shame. Stenhouse Muir, uh, a lot of their old stuff was, was in Vimeo, but since he moved to a new website, um, a lot of stuff been lost, which is a, re- a oh, real... Was it, was, it, was it Stenhouse's website? It was all initially. Right, it was, it was Stenhouse's website, and there's, so there's all this stuff is, is lost, and sadly that's it without the pathetic music underneath it. Right, next up is Michael Moffat's horrible tie when he appeared at Hamden to congest betting charges. Contest, sorry. Charges. Uh, 2014. I laughed at the fact that you remembered this and then I had to Google it and <laughs> it looks like he stepped out of a 1974 documentary. It's remarkable. <laughs> to put a bit of context, he'd been... Michael Moffat is an extraordinary player, probably one of the best in Air United's modern history, had been given a six-match ban, uh, which had been reduced in appeal to six matches, for betting on games involving his own team, and there was no evidence suggesting involved in match-fixing or influence results, but he pitched up at Hamden. And you really need to... It's a shame that, that there's a podcast and, and not a video, because he's got this 
the knot on the tie, it's, it's, it looks like something out of Minecraft. <laughs> it's this sort of panelled, stripy tie. It's not It's not done properly. I don't know if it's not a Windsor knot. It's, it's sort of like a... It, it, it's absolutely absurd. And it looks like the knot of a person who doesn't know how to tie a tie. Aye, well, this do. Aye, it's fine. <laughs> just somebody, somebody not even looking to store, so that's fine. Uh, mince. And then, but this, this collar... Acerbates... Yeah, what's, what's the one I'm looking for? Exacerbates. Acerbates. It's called, he call it exacerbates because it's a two-tone collar. It's like it's white with a bit of grey on it. He's got this really bad like haircut where there's plenty of hair here, but it's, there's there's not a lot going on in the top. And the suit looks ill-fitting. He, 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 he looks shy. He, he, it's ironic it's a bit gambling because he actually looks like he's lost a bet to wear that outfit to hand <laughs> <laughs> Going off it will give you a tenner if you catch a mark. It's remarkable, it's a shame. I would do it again implore anyone who, who wants to see it to, 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 to go and do it. It's just a shame that happened to Michael Moffat because he's been, I don't know if we can do this at the end, but our all time lower league 11 from the, the past decade. Uh, we can maybe talk about that. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have Moffat in there. He did banned for five games, is he not? Six. Six. Did they not lose as well, Air United, like most of them? Oh, James, I don't know. I think I think I remember <clears> that at the time. The no, probably. Completely nosedived. Probably because he's a, a vital component of that team. And that was the season where he was scoring all the time as well. Uh, which, is not, which is unusual for him. Yeah, he's not really been like that since. Well, no, since he went to Dunfermline. Aye, I had. Did he have maybe like two really good seasons where he couldn't have stopped scoring, and then went to Dunfermline, and then kind of became maybe a facilitator rather than a scorer. Ah, it's weird. He's probably all round a better player now. But then he was when he scored then, goals. Then he was when he scored yep. goals, which is which is absurd. But I, I think he's an amazing player. Right, sticking in 2014, Dumbarton finished the championship. Can you pronounce words? Dumbarton. <laughs> I'm having a shocker. All you need to do is read out stuff in front of you. Right. Maybe it's because I'm looking down. You get out. Ah, that say it properly. Explain it. Ah, you've been on the telly, mate. You know how these things work. <laughs> Dumbarton finished the championship season in fifth place, missing out in the playoffs by four points. Yes, um, this is probably, there's not a lot of thing funny you can really say about this, but I think it's worth saying that that, that is the the best part-time side we've seen in the past decade. I, Brilliant side. I remember when we, I remember the first time I came on the podcast and we were speaking about what part-time teams can actually achieve in the championship and the discussion was they can try and stay in it and that's about it. But Dumbarton proved that season that actually... If you have some of the best part-time players available to you, which they did, mm-hmm. then actually you can push for the promotion playoffs. Yeah. It's difficult, but you can you, you actually can manage. Uh, they absolutely went for it because I was looking at their record. I mean, it's a bit simplistic to just look at pure statistics, but they scored 65 goals, conceded 64. They were probably a good goalkeeper away for, for finishing top four. So it was Jamie, Ewing, Jamie, was it? Jamie Ewings uh, and Stephen Grindley was yeah. a two which is far and away the weakest part of that. We think if they because they had Alan Martin in subsequent years, if you imagine you had added Alan Martin yep. to that team, you would have had a, a great. But I mean, look at the guys. I mean, these are all don't like household. Well, I say household names. For the other leagues, it's like it's like a greatest uh, hits. Andy Graham, Brian Punty, Mark Kilhaney, Scott Agnew, Gary Fleming, Mark McLaughlin, John Kirkpatrick, Paul McGinn. I mean, that's a that's a great say. You're a manager who just let manager let them take the handbrake off you're a coach and Jack Ross who's everyone who, who's worked alongside him does talks really highly of and they went into they played Queen of the South with three games the remaining they were leveling points they had 48 points and at, at that stage you're thinking they could genuinely finish in the top four which would have been an, an incredible achievement they they lost 3-0 ended up finishing four points behind them but Aye, that'd be interesting if you, if you ever see a team uh, do that again. Bear in mind, they're towards the end, maybe the last third of the season, their strike force was uh, the free-scoring Colin Nish and Chris Kane. 
I don't think Chris Kane has scored any goals since, unless he gets slagged off in this podcast and then generally scores next Saturday. <laughs> yeah, somebody said that to Joe on Saturday. He was, it was a St. Johnson fan said, what have you, done, what have you said about Chris Kane? Because he's not in the squad for some <laughs> That would only be if we were very positive about him. And that probably won't happen. No. But now that we've slagged them off again, I'm sure we'll be back to it on Saturday. Right, stick of the 2014. It's quite a lot for this year. Greenock Morton, already relegated, lose their final game of the season against Hamilton Ackies, 10-2. I uh, I watched the goals back again today. May I suggest that you don't Google it and watch them though, as it looks like they've been filmed by a guy riding a bucking bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost seasick as I was watching it. I mean, that was... Morton had an extraordinary season. That, that year I mean they start off they'd finished the previous year they'd finished in second, second. place under under Alan Moore and it was second place granted they finished a good number of points away from, from a really good Partick Thistle team who actually we, we should have talked about because that Partick Thistle team for 12-13 were really good regardless th- there was an expectation then that Morton the thing they might have cut their budget there was an expectation then that they could at least challenge for the the, 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 the maintain a sort of like a top 2-3 uh, 4 position but Alan Moore signed some absolutely shocking players. Cabacham. Just about to say that. Cabacham. Some guy who maybe did all right in a Renfrewshire Cup game against St Mirren, but was absolutely honking afterwards. And the team slid down the table. Then they sacked Alan Moore and brought in Kenny Shields. <clears throat> and there's the famous picture of Kenny Shields with the, the signings that he made. I mean, he signed them. Um, I mean, they've all got their hands on each other's shoulders. It's almost creepy. Aye, so, so Gary O'Connor was one of them. Darren Cole, who they signed for, was it Livingston? Oh, yeah. yeah. Might have got yeah. Him in, might him from. Former Rangers uh, youth. Jamie McCormack. Um, he got sacked. I'm sure he was basically sacked for Rangers, Darren, Darren Cole, for saying something about Ali McCoy. I, I, he might have been, I, I, I don't know, he was certainly, he'd written, he'd had a fallout uh, before he left. And of course, there's Gary O'Connor, and, and, and everyone remembers that picture of Gary O'Connor, overweight with the, the horizontal stripes tugging right tight across his chest, puffing out his cheeks. His cheeks. So it was just a horrendous look for, for anyone. Oh, Rowan Vine was, was playing for himself. Yeah, he's playing England top Rowan, flight with QPR. Joe's pal got Rowan Vine sent off that season at Central Park. He was screaming abuse at him, and Rowan Vine done the kind of get it right uh. up you, and they got a straight red card. <laughs> Count Booth went on to win 3-0 0 so was 0-0 at that time Funny is The Rowan Vine was actually good At St Johnson. They signed for Hibs It was dreadful And then he went to Morton Jeez, Somehow even uh, worse Yeah And, and that, that result I mean we were already relegated By this point uh, But that that's an embarrassment And it was, the club seemed to be On a bit of an even keel Because they went down And, and they won the division Under uh, Jim Duffy The first time asking Came straight back up but there was talk as well because Hamilton were still in the race to win the title at that point and they needed a certain Ooh, goal, a huge swing, goal swing a huge goal swing for Dundee Dundee I don't think it mattered then because Dundee won Dundee won yes. 2 1 however after it was, I can't, it was, I can't the Dundee keeper was but he pulled, up a, brilliant, he pulled yes. up a brilliant save Aye. in about the last minute of that yes. that would have made it 2 each with Dumbarton and, and that would have won the league for the, the goal swing that Hamilton yeah. needed 8 goals which is just, which just, sorry, there's uh, two future Scotland internationals both scored in that match who were they? In the Hamilton game. In the Hamilton Morton game, two future Scotland internationals scored. There was two future Scotland internationals in mm-hmm. the Morton team. They must have both been playing for Hamilton though, because it was Dougie Henry scored twice for Morton. Uh, so well, I, like, well, so seven, goal, that, seven goals were scored by Andrew and uh, Antoine Curry. Antoine Curry. They got seven between them. Right, can, can I just can I just tell Michael you? Devlin? Michael Devlin got one of them. Yes. Uh, give me a clue, position or something. It was an own goal. Alright, oh, so he was playing for Morton. Uh, Barry uh, McKay. Uh, uh, just scored for Scotland uh, recently. 
Uh, Stuart Finlay. Yes, yes. there we go. We I got there then. Stuart. Stuart. Who, who, who's the other person that, that, that played? Barry Mackay was playing for Morton, so there's two Scotland yes. internationals in the Barry Mackay played for Scotland? One Aye, cup. I can't remember who it was against, but he certainly got a cup. Uh, Joe McKee was on the bench Gary O'Connor was on the bench I was there that day I was covering the game for the Scotsman really? that was one of those reports where you literally just have to list goal scorers why do you not start off with that by saying I was there rather than literally like Sean ah. was fucking bucking bronco face <laughs> 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 I've got eyewitness account there who's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Morton actually beat Celtic that season <laughs> yeah they did at Celtic Park bizarre what a honestly he's got lower league Scottish football man what a it was incredible being there with the goals and then you just they had the goals necessary and the place was going mental and you're just listening for any news coming from Dead's Park and you thought oh, this would be incredible if this actually happened we're, we're and it's annoying because like, I've got pals saying like, oh, surely a fix wasn't it and I was like why why do you have to take the I fucking joy out I wonder if it was that's sad but if it was a fix I don't know if Dougie Emery the player who he ended up going back to Hamilton he ended up signing for yeah. Hamilton uh, he, got, he got applauded uh, I think when he scored one of the goals because I still really liked him because he was uh, he was previous. an absolute screamer uh, in school. Fact, both of his goals, goals were good, were, were right. good. if it was a fix then scoring two goals was a bit of a weird way to fix it yes so uh, just scored none I've not looked at the footage I don't think since uh, was, I, I can remember though that, like three of the last four goals or something like that were basically like the f- old Pro Evolution Soccer FIFA ones where it's basically threw ball in the wing cut, cut back, back tap in <laughs> a lot of them uh, very much so Tom O'Way was playing for uh, Morton that day <laughs> awful quiet on here <laughs> 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 oh, next right sticking to 2014 Count Beath relegate Dunfermline Athletic sorry, uh, that's one of the changes keep Dunfermline Athletic in League 1 Dunfermline win. Oh, of course, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was That was one of my favourite games I got, uh, I got of that season. Ken Beath, keep Dunfermline Athletic in League One, beating them in the Championship playoffs, smashing them 3 0 at East End Park, and he didn't include this in the heading, but scoring after 30 seconds. Uh, yes. uh, Their goal scorers that day were Greg Stewart, Kane Hemmings, and Tom O'Brien. Yeah. How the fuck were Ken Beath at the bottom of the league? <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, you go through it, you, 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 look at that, you look at that Ken Beath team, so you had uh, like Tom O'Brien, John Armstrong, although John Armstrong sort of latterly became a bit of a joke fire. I think he had, he had an injury and took steroids uh, for it. He, he put on loads of weight. Dean Brett was a great pair, Darren Brownlee, who's just signed a pre contract with Partick Thistle uh, Greg Stewart Lewis Milne John Robertson Kane Hemmings Kenny Adamson who was a brilliant fullback for, uh, apart from, uh, for injuries that's a right good Cowden Beef mm-hmm. team and that was one of their, their all time great performances no Cowden a, a peculiar decade for Cowden because at the start a lot of success at the, at the start in terms of like like Establish well, yes, establishing yourself like like as a as a viable championship club to almost going out the league altogether. Particularly that match, I, I, County fans might say that's one of the greatest games of the of the, 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 the decade were, for them. They were exceptional that day. I think uh, I think Jim Leishman might need to take uh, a lot of the credit for County's strong start to the game. Anyway, there the, there was a, a big big crowd there that day, and the, the atmosphere was was bouncing. And then just as the teams were coming out just beforehand, Jim Leishman took to the microphone. And he appeared to be absolutely blistered. And he just started asking people to donate money to, I think, the Centenary Fund or something like that. And the atmosphere just totally went flat. And everybody was like, <laughs> what is he saying? I can't hear him. And then everybody kind of stopped. And then teams come out and within seconds kind of to lead. But they were absolutely brilliant that day. After, a, I think it was a one-all draw. One-all draw. Part, I mean, I watched the first game and I didn't have any expectation of Cowdenbeath uh, getting through. Went to the second leg, uh, was in the Cowdenbeath end. It was, it was a brilliant atmosphere. It was a, a brilliant day. And I surely one of the best... Cambridge performances of all time. Yeah. What a laugh. And you saw I mean the Hemmings and Stewart, two probably the two best players of the the, the decade. Just fantastic and yeah, aye. St- sticking with Dunfermline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I've, I've lost the list. Right. Oh yeah. 
Yes, of course. Is this the very next season? It will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, Dunfermline narrowly miss out on promotion. <laughs> uh, having finished second to Rangers as well the season yes, before, yes. is it not? Yep. Uh, the following campaign, the finish in League One in seventh place. In, in an absolutely stinking League One as yeah. well. I mean, Morton won that league. I think they lost Hands 11 up, games. Uh, 11 or 12. Because, I mean, the main challengers were four for Athletic mm-hmm. and Stringrath. Yep. You know, two Heather two back markers. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, the, the quality in that division was horrendous. But and the film had a, the film had a, a, a decent yeah. team. Well, they started. Dunfermline started off the season as favourites. Well, you've just missed out in the playoffs. Garrett, I, albeit you got smashed, but the, the first they, they made a couple of key signings. And you know, like, like you look at Falkirk this season, how they brought a lot of guys down, like guys who you'd say these are like established mm-hmm. championship players. What Dunfermline did was they signed already good established League One players. The main one was Michael Moffat, who had been brilliant for United, got a chance to move. Into full time football, get paid quite a bit of money for it. Fair play. So that season also signed Andy Sterling. As Andy well. Sterling yep. had been one of the best players in the division. Mm-hmm. Listener, a mercurial like sort of winger, number ten could 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 do a lot of stuff. It was central to Listener's success. And Greg Buchanan, who had been brilliant at, at Airdrie. On top of that, you had guys like Andy Gagan, uh, Lewis Spence, Ross Forbes started the season with Elbert Tau was it? Ah, Faisal Tau, Sean Byrne as well. So that was a, a, a right good group of players. But I'd also uh, I'd also forgotten about was it Gotze Ugwu. They said, I'm going for Reading. Oh, he was yeah. A, uh, he was a second, or joint top goal scorer that season, I think. El Bactari had nine, but that was a spread across the league and the Cups, and he had seven in the league. So they're joint top goal scorer in the league. Uh, they were, they were shite. I, I don't know what my highlight of that season was. I, I don't know if it was getting absolutely smashed by Brechin, or when they got beat, <laughs> beat 5-1 by Stranra. Remember, remember they played Stranra in the Scottish Cup, and their firmness scored a late, late equaliser down in Stranra. And then the replay was at, was, at, was at East End Park, obviously. And I saw an interview. Sean Radden quite a good thing in the summer where they interviewed the players and they, they talked about like their career today and some of the, the best games I've ever been involved in. I can't remember the Sean Radden player, but he talked about that, the first game, uh, the Scottish Cup, because there was a big Ramy on the park where Neil McCann was instrumental in the, the Ramy coming to fruition. You, you surprised me. And they, they spoke about how much, when it got to the replay, how much they really, really wanted to win that game just so they can bend it right <laughs> up. Neil McCann it was a brilliant interview. I, they, 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 were, they, were, they were really shite that, se- that season. I mean, Jim Jeffries had, had done a lot, of, a lot of good stuff at Dunfermline because he'd been in charge during the administration. He'd done well the previous season, but his, his time was, was up there. They replaced him with John Potter, who had done pretty well with the the youth team well it's funny when they, when they appointed Potter because I'd always had good things he was a really good coach I looked at the development league and Dunfermline were really really low in that development league and that doesn't really matter that doesn't mean anything I, I just presume they probably had a, a poor group of players at that level but no it turned out they had a great group of players at that young level but he was just a rubbish manager because <laughs> <laughs> he got considerably worse as soon as he was appointed his career's got alright since then now assistant manager at Hibs oh well they weren't doing very good recently were they what was the last score yeah, we're getting, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting rattled every week start this season. Uh, no, no, he's just a manager of Jack Ross. Oh, right, apologies. Has he, has he just brought him in? I, I, I just brought him with Sunderland. I, I assume it's the same that. John Potter. I can imagine there's quite a few John Potters out there. I think it's the same guy. Yeah. Even Scott Booth's Stenhouse Muir beat them. Wow. That season, so there you go. How come uh, Scott Booth's time at Stenhouse Muir isn't. Because that's just. That was <laughs> <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott Booth, at the time, at the time Stenhouse Muir were. Uh, a bit of dark hearts about how, how Scott Booth was appointed there was some there's some stuff that the role he was made available 
and he needed a job so Stensfield pushed Martin Corrigan to one side which actually at the time was probably the right decision however it's a wee bit smelly when you think about it like that Scott Booth came into the club good record in coaching with Scotland's uh, youth teams had um, played in the continent as well played in the Champions League so compared to a lot of his peers he's got a very distinguished record did he get sacked for falling asleep on the bench by one of his teams did he? I'm sure Borussia Dortmund sacked him for falling asleep or did he play in Holland? I think he meant when he fell asleep in his car after he'd been drinking <laughs> no, no, he definitely got sacked to fall asleep on the bench during the game. Right. Really? Um, well, he, he took in charge of Stenny, and we thought we were getting a Colin Cameron, Paul Hartley, Ian Murray type. This is the yeah. time in the, the sort of the early to mid. Uh, it was all the times. all the craze back then. Yes, aye, we thought we were getting, but he, my God, all the craze, all the rage. He was, it was the craze. He, he was honking like he. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Now. He's going to stop saying things on this podcast. You know, the, the the first his, his first time in charge was all right because we went a, a long spell and beat more. He was able to bring in his own players and, and ship out the ones he didn't like. He just he did not have an eye for a player he signed some absolute rubbish didn't know his best to live in they would chop and change weekly basis couldn't build a defence uh, just just, just rubbish and really unpopular with the supporters Go down as the worst manager in the, the club's history um, certainly since I've been watching them so yeah I don't have anything good to say about Scott Booth it's not really like a, a funny moment or a really like really bad moment because the club ultimately stayed in the division but aye rubbish next up Montrose beat Broader Rangers in the League 2 playoff final, one of the most important matches in their recent history. Pretty much a massive slide and doors moment in the history of Montrose Football Club. I uh, consider where they were then compared to where they are now, mm. where they are just something to keep, keep up their form. They'll definitely, win the, they'll definitely win at least in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, to get promoted to the Championship. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for uh, Marvin Andrews and was it Gary, Gary Woods, uh, Gary Woods, two, two amazing goals. Yeah, right? Gary Woods uh, volley, I think it was. Thing you can't get them anymore. So I just remember having just watched them. I know. M- I went m- looking m- for it today, and I know they're. It's, it's, it's interesting. You, you you look at back at that. Montrose had always sort of been back markers. There's a couple of times they occasionally fought for success. A Jim Weir side got into the playoffs, for instance. But but that season they had a shocker. The guy George Shields was the manager, and under him they were they were really poor. He actually had a group of decent players, but he somehow made them worse. And, and by around the, the two thirds of the way into the season, they were miles adrift at the Shire and ninth, and they were always going to finish in bottom. He got punted, and Paul Hegarty. And, and John Holt came in and they were uh, coming up against the fact sorry the irony was they were actually for all the how they, as bad as they were doing off the park on the park big barn off the park they had bought back the stand yep. for one of the directors they were able to maximise commercial opportunities and they were getting a plastic pitch installed two really important things for a community club but there's a big fear we've got these brilliant facilities how much use are they going to be in the Highland League? So they're playing Brora Rangers, and Brora were the free spending crack troops from the Highland League. They had guys like House of Grant Monroe, Stuart Kettlewell was playing for them, they had Ross Tokley. Although Mann. there was a bit of talk about whether Brora Rangers actually wanted to come Aye, up. of course, of course. But the, the, the first leg finished 1 0 up in uh, Brora, it was Marvin Andrews scored, scored their own goal. And it came when it actually came down to the to, to the showdown. It was a uh, Scott Johnson scored just before half time, but then guy Colin McLean got one back for Brewer re- restored their lead uh, just after half time. But then Big Marvin Andrews it is the the dictionary definition of a bullet header. I reckon if it wasn't for the net, the ball would still be going. But he rises to meet this corner, fucking thumps it in, and then just shortly afterwards, uh, Gary Wood. That would do that. I think that was the he finished. He finished with intros after that but I mean if that's the final thing you do what a way to remember what a goal but if it hit the thing 25-30 yards could be as long as far range as it would be the further back the better but that was an extraordinary moment and, and Montrose after that they, they stabilised they, they had a sort of lower mid-table finish the following season the playoffs in 16-17 and then went and won League 2 the following year under Stuart Peach and then comfortably stayed up 
season. You've got more than the playoffs, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I they'll, they'll presumably comfortably start this season. They just thought oh, Sean said. It's not that said they could even totally. They're in great form at the moment. One of the most informed teams in the third tier. I actually went looking for, remember Gable and Graffiti? Yes. So that website started up again, essentially to chronicle what Montrose were going through. You presumed it was going to be chronicling the relegation to the to the higher league. But I remember uh, who was who was a did he not do things for telling me yeah, John Black was brilliant yeah. writer so I remember he when he was describing the the second leg of the playoffs I think he said it was the first time he'd had to stand in a reasonably large queue uh, <laughs> to get in but he spoke about the fact that it was the first time that and as long as he could remember there was a big crowd uh, and he just felt there was something about them that day and he said it would be great if the club can actually tap into this and go in for here and that's exactly what's, yeah. uh, that's exactly what's happened yeah brilliant credit, credit to credit to Montrose Okay, we'll get to the next of the mentions on this list after this break. Hi, it's Fowler here with a quick break to tell you about Beer 52. It's always nice when you're watching a mediocre to crap football game in front of the TV to knock back a couple of beers while doing so. Well, thanks to our friends at Beer 52, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash terrace and cover just 4 95 for the postage. What's more, listeners of the Terrace get two extra free beers, so that's a total of 10 beers. Beer 52 traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. Your first box will be sent to you the next day. Just go to beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your first case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, the Terrace listeners get an extra two unmissable free beers. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Right, so next is the greatest lower league match of the decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it is, but it's very good. What do you think it is then? Uh, I would have said Wraith Rovers come back against Airdrie when they won 4 3 last season. 3 1 down minutes to no, go. No, no, what's at stake? You've got yeah. to think of the context. Right, okay. You've got to think of the context. To me. Nobody cares about Wraith Rovers, Sean. Shut up! <laughs> This 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 was this was just an extraordinary game of football, and I for, for me I think this is if you were to say something like an advert or how good Scottish football can be outside the top flight, this is it. I remember watching this in the Scotsman offices. I was working a later shift, but also I'd planned as soon as the match was finished to do like a Google Hangout just myself to just basically talk through the games. We'd have like a video to stick on the numerous articles that would come out of it, and I was just. It was just so much adrenaline pumping through me when I was doing it. It was just like, just was what that, an incredible match. Was that because Hibs lost? The, that was a, <laughs> was a small element. <laughs> what is the game we are talking about? It is Falkirk 3, Hibs 2 in the Premiership Playoff semi-final in 2016. Aye. Brilliant, I, uh, brilliant, brilliant, fucking brilliant game of football. I watched that game this morning and I watched Falkirk TV's highlights and right. believe it or not, their commentary has got better over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the SPFL's highlights when Falkirk scored their first goal the co-commentator went, get that up you! Get really? that right up you! Brilliant. I need to go back and, I need to go back and watch this. Now, the, 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 this, the, the, the 2015-2016 championship was a funny, funny one. You had Rangers under Mark Warburton who sort of kind of had kind of appeared to have got their act together. You had a really good Falkirk team, a Hibernian team with guys like um, like who, who was playing for him at the time, like uh, Scott Allen. Scott Allen was playing for them, no? Uh, no, he no. was sold earlier uh, that James, season. James Keating. That was John McGinn's first season. Uh, Keating's. They signed. Five, so basically, 
Hibs and Rangers were the two teams going for the title. Hibs got off to a poor start, but then rallied. I think they might even went top at one point over the Christmas period. And then after Christmas in January, they signed Anthony Stokes and Kevin Thompson. Everybody thought those were really good signings. They both should do very well in the championship. Thompson didn't kick a ball, did he? Yeah, Thompson was. Aye, Thompson was kind of coming to the end of his career. He had too many injuries. Uh, as, as he'll point out, though, he did head of the ball off the line in the last minute of the game against Hearts, so he like, takes credit for helping them win the Scottish Cup. And uh, Stokes didn't really do much apart from once they got to the final, which well, didn't really do much until he helped provide the greatest moment in the club's history. Um, but Hibs completely fell away. Hibs were dreadful after they signed both of them. Because yeah, Wraith Rovers beat them in the first leg of the quarterfinals of the playoffs. And mm-hmm. Hibs actually finished third that season. Mm-hmm. Falkirk managed to yeah. sneak in ahead of them uh, to finish second. But that was a, that was a, this was like probably the, the last great Falkirk side. Uh, you think of the team there, like Luke Lee, David McCracken was playing for them. Will Vox, who's gone on to... I mean, Will Vox, you talk to any Falkirk supporter about Will Vox, they, they, they cannot speak highly enough of him. Uh, Blair Alston, Craig Sibyl, like Mark Kerr was still kicking a ball. Danny uh, Rogers had a great season in goals. Yeah, Danny Rogers was right good. Uh, Miles Hippolyte. I said great players. <laughs> and I was like, I said, oh, Scott Shepherd was playing for them. Yeah, Kevin O'Hara, wow. I mean, at least Mel's ever done stuff like this. He scored the win against Rangers. Yeah, so Bob McHugh went through a wee run of just going in the last minute all uh, the time. Well, I mean, this, this game started, uh, Falkirk started the match as well, and it was uh, Blair Alston that, that opened the score, and he seemed to, the ball got nudged through to him by John Bear, and he seemed to get the run on, it was Lewis Stevenson, to, to, to poke the ball into the net. But then the match, it was like it was like watching a game of basketball. The game was going back to back for James Keatings. He got two goals in the space of three minutes. One of them was a penalty. David McCracken with a suicidal tackle. I can't remember who it was on, but he, he absolutely wipes the boy out. Yes, yeah, so and, this was, and this, was, this was after the first leg as well, where he got away with literally just <laughs> putting his hand on the ball in, in the penalty box and just like play on. Aye, he, he fills some. Keatings puts the penalty away. Another one that's actually a really good header. He, he sends us this looping header in. Although there was, he was in about like five yards of space. Nobody, yes, nobody yes. So, so I think between Lee and, and he's either your head or McCracken, whoever's played playing essentially could, could have done it better. However, then again, it's like the game's ebbing and flowing. Luke Lee scores like a, such a good goal. It's yep. like a cross comes in, gets headed out, and you can you can see uh, Hippolyte thinking, "I'll take this." Then it's just Lee hits the thing with his left foot. It's like a fucking exocet missile. Ah, it's like it fires out a blunderbuss. Aye, fire shoof right into the back of the net. And you're thinking, well, this is brilliant. This will have to go to penalties. Jason Cummings hits the crossbar. He sends a shot. I don't know. Does Rogers get a hand to it? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it hits the crossbar, comes back out, and then at the injury time, about three or four minutes of injury time, Will Vox on those trademark long throws. The ball somehow finds its way to Bob McHugh, who hooks this shot into the net and you know something I'm, I'm not a Falkirk supporter I, I don't know if people are, are, are aware of that or not <laughs> but their social media game <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. but but it's like when, you, when you're when watching that, that Falkirk performance it was so just to get caught up in that what you're watching here it was just it's so exhilarating and it's it's extraordinary although they went on to be beaten by uh, they got thumped by Kilmarnock they were they were quite poor against them yeah. in the, the first leg they had a quite fortuitous win where I think it was Fox hit a shot that went through a bunch of bodies yes. and they got thumped in the, uh, uh, rugby yeah they were 2-0 they were down within 10 minutes of the, the second leg didn't stop uh, Gordon Sawyer from getting chucked out so in, in a rage despite his team coasting to Falk, victory Falkirk had a wee phase where if they were on the television 
you you should probably go out of your way to catch yeah, the game yeah. because we're involved in so many really really good games. Yeah, I mentioned the Rangers game. Rangers were two nothing up at Falkirk Stadium and Falkirk won three two. No, it was a league game. No, it was a league game. Beat your pardon because they beat them twice at Falkirk. Stadium. Oh, Hibbley scored that. So you're talking about Hibbley scored. I'm pretty sure they beat them twice at Falkirk Stadium in the same season because they also beat them two one. That was an outstanding game as well. Where who was it scored? So was it the Volks scored in that one as well? Was that not another last minute one? McHugh maybe. The two one game. Falkirk fans, right? There was a game where Danny Rogers saved a penalty as well, I'm sure, against Rangers. It just, uh, I think that was just that game. some great games against yeah. him. And then, then you talk about like, even... Oh, no, that was what it was. It was Rogers saved a penalty the last kick of the game. Right. Yeah. And then even you go back and you think of the Falkirk in the Scottish Cup final, Falkirk's match against Hibernian in the, the Scottish Cup uh, semi-final. And yes, that Falkirk lost these games, but I mean, the fact that you're even like competing in these is, uh, is some particular... And it's... You know, I taken off my my uh, like Falkirk disliking and put on my objective <laughs> hat here. You've got to say though, I mean, since that point though, since that win, what have Falkirk done? Falkirk have been nowhere since then, and the the season was it sixteen seventeen after that where uh, they had a bad start to the season. Houston got sacked. Hartley came in, binned off some guys like Mark Kerr, Rory Loy. Um, there's quite a, there's quite a few sliding moments in Falkirk's kind of recent history because the, the line the line Flynn fucking. The Ryan Flynn miss at the end of their game with Kamarnock, which would have kept them up in the first place. And, I mean, it's hard to survive in the Premier League. And, sorry, there was also these other times where they could have made it to the top flight and didn't quite do it. It's, it's hard to, to stay up in the top flight, but it's also kind of easy as well, because there's usually quite a few other bad teams in it. So you don't necessarily have to be brilliant to stay up. And Falkirk might never have, got, might never have gone down had Ryan Flynn scored that. They also... You know, probably wouldn't have been in League One if they'd gone up in either of these other opportunities to be a team that would be you'd be looking at saying, Well, can they finish eighth or ninth? They, they just seem to be making terrible decision after terrible decision yeah. after ter- terrible yeah. decision. The, the the new management team might be a good decision, who knows? I, I, I think that's quite a risk as well though, so but we'll find it's it. It's also a bit weird as well that they were in an interim charge they've now made, been made permanent. Despite, and, doing, despite yeah. doing very little. Uh, exactly. Uh, what did they do that said, Oh, we should definitely give them the job? The players like them? Cheap's probably uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, but it's, you're absolutely. I think I've said. I said this. Uh, I think I said this on of you for the terrace, the, the, the TV show that the three of us starring uh, about about. <laughs> Which will be back in mid February. Back in mid February, Valentine's Day. Um, so for all the cups and cells and soy boys who listen to the podcast, there's uh, some. You don't have to spend the night alone as usual. You know, join it and hang out with us instead. The point I was going to make is that I, th- oh, I think that Falkirk, as we've seen for, for, the, for this team, and you can say there's a bit of luck that, that you get guys like a guy like Will Volks, who's without a club, offers to play for free just 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 to get playing. You know, you, you get lucky with that. But they did for a few years have like have a, a right good team with, with, with boys coming through, and it's just you look at them now, and it's just like, yeah, it's funny. Right, next put, up. Put, sorry, put back on my my, uh, my steny hat. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> Long may it continue. Do you want me to make this the last one then? Uh, I, I was going to say, I was going to suggest yeah. that. Uh, actually, we'll do two more. Let's just make this because we've got loads to go. So, <laughs> uh, right, next up, East Stirlingshire are the first side to be relegated from League Two via the relegation playoffs to be replaced by Edinburgh City. When they introduced this playoff, I my first thought was that'll be the end of East Stirling then because they just constantly were always suckling the drain mm-hmm. at the bottom of that league. There are a couple of bright spots here. A year, I think, it was the, the guy Spencer Fern, an American guy, that spent a bit of money on them. Uh, that, so that's now there's an American guy spending. Right. This is a guy, a Yorkshire-based businessman who his own record label is putting a bit of money into this one. Jim McInerney. Andy Rogers, Jamie Stevenson, Brian Graham was playing for them at the time, and what they finished uh, in 
third place. I finished in, finished in third place, so they they'd actually uh, did they not make the playoffs two years running. Yeah, they did, but under Jim McAnally, they uh, they, they failed to progress. <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> what a great manager he is. Well, I see he's, he's get get his best at the boys. You know, it's good 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 buzz to have around the place. But yeah, I think latterly lack of investment didn't have their own home. The, the number of factors that against East Stirlingshire and it all came to a head in 2016. They were they were miles off the pace that season. And it, Craig Tully was the manager. Having seen Tully, and actually, I didn't find them particularly inspiring. Um, uh, and it all came to head in, in the match against Edinburgh City. The first first one at, at Meadowbank Stadium finished one one. I went to the, the the second leg in 2016, and it was it was fucking horrendous for a game of a game of football. Depending on what was at stake, I think both teams were real bad. Edinburgh City were, were a fantastic side, but but the Shire they looked terrified. Yeah, actually saw the next season how bad Edinburgh were because Edinburgh pretty much went just retained everybody that got mm-hmm. them promoted. And they really struggled. It was mm-hmm. only when they started to turn over that squad that they actually started yeah, to do something. And actually signed and that, proper players uh, rather than just East of Scotland jokers. It's funny because Reese Donaldson, who was previously on the books at Wraith Rovers, he mm-hmm. got sent off That's in right, the first aye. leg. They then appealed uh-huh, that dismissal. Uh-huh, so he was uh-huh. able to play in the second leg. He then gave away the penalty and uh-huh. got sent off uh-huh. in the second leg, which ultimately got them relegated. Uh, it was about 86 minutes in that that happened. And it was the only interesting thing in the match. It was Doogie Gear, very popular player amongst the City supporters that, that, that scored. And that I think that's a, a historic day in, in the Scottish League, the first team to be relegated from it. Now is the only time they look remotely close. The Shire, I mean, now is the time they look remotely close to getting back in up. That seems unlikely because it's between, it seems like a two horse race now in the Lowland League between Bonnie Rig Rose and Kelty Hearts. And I just, I, you don't know, as, as players, you don't know how, how should players react in these situations when, when a team you've no real connection with, you're there just because you're getting paid. Drops out like a historic day. I don't know, but the players. I remember seeing them out in a couple of them out in Falkirk uh, later that night, and just thinking, you realise what's what's happened here. I suppose different. I mean, it's like um, Ali McCoy singing karaoke after <laughs> <laughs> after Wraith uh, Rovers beat Rangers in the the, the, the Challenge Cup final. You know, people react to bad things in in, in different ways, um, and if the Shire players wanted to go out, for, uh, then, then then fair enough. But fuck me, it was. That was that was horrendous. That was horrendous. But they were, you know, some I think you you find your level. Not it sounds sort of like market forces and stuff like that. You do find your level, and um, I think it'll be a long time before we see you still in show again. Whereas Edinburgh City have gone from strength to strength. Right, the last one in our, we'll be covering on the Free to Air podcast is Stennis Muir signed the Dunlop brothers in a local McDonald's, then delete the image from their website for some reason. Why did they delete it? Why? There, was, it, there was nothing embarrassing about that. Like we know why they would use the McDonald's because it's only a midway point yes. between the, the, the two places that they travel from. Yeah. Like we know why they're there. It's not as if they were like eating McNuggets in the picture. Why was it? Why did they delete it? It's the kind of thing that it's the kind of thing that people do. I think a lot in football because football a lot of people treat it as serious business. It's kind of changing now, especially changing in Scotland, where I think you see most media like social like media teams play up the kind of daftness of it you know who does I embrace daftness who Motherwell Football Club <laughs> um, they don't they're just so serious <laughs> but more, yeah most play up the daftness like Hibs using the the, the American guy saying that fucking Doidge guy uh, using that <laughs> using that as a video when Doidge then scores uh, the next game that's like playing up the daftness but I think 
I mean, 2017, they should have done it, but I think a lot of people just like, so they get slagged off a bit for it, and they're just like, alright, we need, ah, uh, uh, yeah, like, they just kind of cower into themselves aye. and say, okay, we need to get rid of that. But it's so, fine, so, it was funny! So do you think it would have, just, do you think just, they would have deleted it now? Or do you think we now embrace the, the uh, quirkiness of I think there's more chance of them embracing it, but it kind of depends on who works. There's a fine line as well between being being funny and then being sort of old firm facts one that kind of way it just topples and just kind of trying a wee bit too hard here and I think there's some accounts that that, that, that fall for that side I'm not going to name names because I can't think of any off the top of my head <laughs> there are accounts that do it however um, the Dunlop brothers went on to be fantastic players for Stenhouse Muir they ended up winning promotion Mick Dunlop was a captain scored on our all time favourite Stenny goals got, scored uh, two headers against Peterhead in the, the playoff final first leg um, love the guy love 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 the guy however the point I was going to make was that a couple of weeks later Stennis Muir signed Jamie Longworth uh, Colin McMenamin signed him in his house and he just put a picture of him in his house and said it's hashtag better than McDonald's and that's everyone's like ah that's, that's quite funny but you don't need to delete the original picture Right, that'll do us for now. If you'd like to keep listening to this, please. You should because I've got about three pages of notes. (laughs) I know. There's loads left. I think we've got through about. I'm going to say four words, right? See, if this doesn't. Two thirds at the very most. If this doesn't wet your whistle, John Hughes, Wraith Rovers. Yeah, that's up next. That's so up next. Head, That's on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash tennis podcasts. It's only in the two two dollars. Oh no, you should charge us this is when you could do it. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. To hear Sean talk about John Hughes in charge of Wraith Rovers, ten dollars. A new bracket. Right, so listen to that, please. And this last podcast before, No, we're gonna have another one on Monday, aren't we? Yeah. Sorry. Ignore me. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.